A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello everyone and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode. My name is Rebecca Will and I am a director at World Game Changers, very honoured to be a director, one of the directors. And today I am joined by Paul, Paul Lowe. Welcome Paul. Thank you. Seems very, uh, yeah, very strange being (laughs) listening to somebody else do the intro. But listeners, we're in very good hands here. And hey, listen, there might be a few stumbles. Who cares? Anyway, I, I digress. I digress. I want to call you mom. I digress, mom. <laughs> call me mom if you like. Mom. <laughs> so yes, Paul, you've uh, you know been the host for for a fair while now on the podcast, and mm. um, we're kind of having a little play with um, swapping roles, I guess. And yeah. so um, so I've got a few questions to start us off with, and the first one is very playful very fun so I'm just going to ask you it you have no knowledge of this question so or like prior awareness of this question so it's a fun one okay so if you were an animal what animal would you be and why wow love this and you can go wherever you want to go with it I mean elephant Mm. and I'll tell you why um gently strong i saw a caption i've actually used the caption i know you've seen it rebecca yeah elephant gently strong because when you look at the the matriarchal instincts energy of a uh, of an element they are so big and so strong but you watch the way that they nurture their young and interact with with other beings they are so gentle they are the epitome of a paradox in my in my thoughts so Mm. yeah so you, from now on, Mom, you can call me Nelly if you wish. Oh, Nelly. <laughs> Nelly the Ellie. <laughs> Nelly the Ellie. <laughs> I love that because, yeah, sorry, go on. Well, what I was going to say is like, we've, I think we've got to be careful here, listeners, Rebecca and I, because we do tend to have zany, ridiculous conversations where we spend more time laughing than actually talking. So we could probably call this the laughing episode. I don't know. We'll see where it, <laughs> or maybe singing, because we have got a closet singer in our midst in terms of Rebecca, but that's another time, another mm. place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another place, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. We do tend to go down rabbit holes. So perhaps. Um, a rabbit would also be appropriate for this for this uh, question but no I love I love the elephant because as you say it holds both the gentleness and the you know the giantness um, and isn't that so true of life you know that we tend to kind of separate the two polarities and actually they're both kind of united in a sense and it's a paradox so yes anyway so ele- elephant does hold the paradox and uh, paradoxes are very prevalent in life and I think the other thing is, um, and, and you and I, um, to answer to answer your question, you and I have recently created a brand uh, where there's two, and I'll call them kissing swans. Mm. And I love the symbolism of that, because when you look at the graceful nature of a swan, the way it glides down the river, 
and you know this symbolism of two swans back to back actually coming out things from different directions but forming this heart shape Ooh. that's symbolic as well so i really like that image of you know the gracefulness of you know fauna yes yes and it's like a, i love that mirror as well because mm. i feel like it, it, i mean everything in life in a sense is a mirror because everything is. is reflecting back to us and we have a perspective and perception of what is going off and so it's there's always that mirror if we have the awareness to know that that's something that we can um learn from and take from and and um so yeah i, I i've always been fascinated by symmetry mm. um and i guess in a sense like the swans i feel like almost it's the two parts because we we talked earlier before the podcast about the head and the heart mm. and we can be in battle with those or we they can kind of come together and be in harmony with each other and i kind of feel like the swan the swans coming together can also represent possibly those two sides um how do you feel about that does that does that work for you that that metaphor with the head yeah, massively massively so yeah you yeah. know and and when we, you know we're kind of I suppose going into the territory here of the heart's intelligence you know i think it's the heart math institute in america that they they did some scientific studies that kind of inverted commas proved that the heart is 5000 times more intelligent than the mind and the mind as we know is an amazing mechanism an amazing super duper computer but it can't hold a candle to the heart. But isn't it true, Rebecca? And it seems so strange calling you Rebecca. I feel like I'm on a formal podcast now, listeners. And, um, <laughs> because Rebecca and I have got to just, let's say, a close relationship. And we have kind of, you know, pet names as we do with, you know, like family members, let's say. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, hence, you, you know, Rebecca spoke about going down a rabbit hole. Listeners, I'm going. I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole here. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> one of many. Um, but doesn't this reflect the reality of conversations that we have with people? And we kind of put so much pressure on ourselves afterwards, or even in the in the in the heat of the. Co- I should have said this. I should have said that. I should have. I'm expected to have said this, done that, and rather than that, just being in flow and allowing ourselves to express ourselves from that place of vulnerability of love compassion you know whatever that you know whatever that state may be at any one given moment in time Mm. yeah I feel there's there's you know we've spoken so many times about taking the learning from situations so Mm. when we have I find that when I have those thoughts of oh you know should have said this or should have done that or you know just just taking that learning of like okay well what how can I bring that into the next situation um but then at the same time there's a letting go of you know just whatever has happened has happened you can't do Mm. anything about what has happened but you can take the learning and you can bring that into um the the now so Mm. so for a interesting one listeners because i think uh, rebecca asked that question as a nice kind of you know gentle icebreaker and here we are we've spent i don't know how much time and that's fine it's not that the clock's on or whatever but uh, interesting how we get engrossed in conversations isn't it and this is for me this is this is the essence of life that we can talk about 
you know, with people that we're very, very close to, very aligned with, we can talk about absolutely anything. It's not about the words. And we know that words have power and have energy, but it's about the energy, that transference of, of energy. And for me, the highest form of energy is love. And I, you know, we could be having a conversation here, listeners, around, I don't know, the price of fish in in, in Carlisle, for example, or, you know, the price of prawns in Pennsylvania. I don't know if you can get prawns in Pennsylvania. I, I don't I even no know. Idea. What, <laughs> does it really matter? Because it's that sort of it's that dance that takes place between human beings, isn't it? Mm. So what you're kind of speaking into there is it's more about the energy. Yeah, absolutely. Every time. Every time, every time. Mm. So how do you how do you dance with that? In obviously words have energy, and mm. you know when we talk, um, we, you can you can tell a lot from the words people use. So how do you feel like you dance with that? Um, you know, you're reading energy, you're feeling the energy, but there's also the words that come into play as well. I mean, obviously they do have some. They hold some, they are communication and, and part of a communication. Um, you know, there's the energy, there's the body language, there's um, the, the nuances in the communication. So I guess my question is, how, to what extent does the words uh, play a part in I don't know. Does that even make sense? It does. That... It makes sense to me. I'm not so sure it will make sense to our listeners, but yeah, in a most abstract way, we kind of understand each other. And so let me kind of answer that listeners the best way um, I can. There is yet again, a study that, um, that gives, and it's not an exact science, but I think it's a fairly decent guide where it says physiology is responsible for 55% of our communication. 38% is tonality, only 7% are words, mm. 7% of what we say are words. So, you know, let me give an example then, um, listeners, to, to try and give this. Now, obviously, you can't see, uh, you can't see me and Rebecca on this, on this podcast, but I'm going to convey a message and just see how it lands to you, the listener. And imagine on this first scenario, so I'm going to use the exact same words, but in two different contexts and see, how, well, Rebecca, you're going to be the recipient because you can see me. So see how this, how this lands with you. I love you. I love you. I love you. As opposed to Rebecca, I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Now, the words are exactly the same. Look at the big difference. One of them was kind of authentic. The other one, so the words were 7% or very, you know, very minuscule in terms of the percentage. Different meanings, totally incongruent. Why? Because the physiology on the first one was aggressive, controlling, and it was totally misaligned with the actual words that were being delivered. So when you put it in the context of energy, energy is the boss. Energy is the highest order. So when people are saying things to me or they drop words, or, and I do it myself and I'm very conscious of it, but I don't worry about it anymore. You know, yes, there's that split ego 
sort of control uh, driven aspect that says, well, maybe you shouldn't have said that or maybe, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I find myself actually having follow up calls with people now say, well, actually, I just want to explain to you what the intent was behind that, because it may have come across and been misunderstood. And, you know, with people that I'm really close to, and we laugh about it, we joke about it. Obviously, you know, the proverbial stranger in the bus queue, you haven't got that opportunity to redress it. Yeah. I mean, does that does that kind of answer your question? It does. And what's come to my mind there is about how there's always the intention and the, I guess intention is the right word, that's attached to the energy. Because the energy is always coming from a place. And so that shows how important it is to have an awareness of what our intention is. Because if that's subconscious or if that's not, um, what I'm what I'm thinking about is um, something that I've found, you know, I've been on a massive journey on is self-belief and really believing in myself. And I've I've noticed myself um where I'm in a communication with someone and if I'm if if I'm having so if I'm having doubts about myself I'm not I'm not necessarily conscious of that but then I realize that's come across in the energy and I've mm. noticed that that's also then uh the, the person has then responded in a way to that energy mm. and so it's really interesting to reflect upon that reflect upon those conversations because it's not necessarily obvious to me in that moment that that's mm. why that's that, that my energy has has been in that certain way but then reflecting on it I'm like oh that's that's actually been rooted in the fact that I've not believed in myself and I've actually doubted myself or you know and so um so that's interesting isn't it the energy is 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 always kind of like married to an intention yeah or, it's, I certainly got a very very strong relationship with it yeah yeah, I, I agree with that. But you see, and that brings in the whole, I suppose we don't want to go too deep here. Um, you know, we'll keep this light and, and whatever. You, and, and obviously, uh, hopefully massively beneficial. But it's a kind of chick, chicken and egg situation. Which comes first? Hmm. Does the intention come first or does the energy? Now, for me, the energy is everything. The energy is already there. And the intention is the spark that wakes it up and takes it in a certain direction. Hmm. That's just my own take upon it because pure energy in that love is that stillness that we're just there. That is pure love. And then we'll get a thought that will take us down a certain, a certain avenue or a certain way of being or thinking or feeling. Mm. But uh, they're all very, you know, they're all very closely into it. You know, hence that saying, listeners, just be careful what you focus on because mm. it just might come and tap you on the shoulder. Yes. I remember uh, seeing a quote to that effect and it really hit me. It was um, where energy, where um, focus goes, where your focus goes, energy flows. Yeah. Something, something like that. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like um, that's a really interesting point that you raise about energy and um, what, you know, what the, I guess the link between, the intention um but then the energy kind of is is always there mm. so what is energy is energy our soul is energy yeah it is yeah and that soul is pure love 
And mm. I think part of our journey of discovery as humans, because from an early age, we're conditioned, we're, you know, influenced by our parents and those most predominantly by our parents or our carers or our, you know, significant others, you know, our peers, our family, et cetera, et cetera. And then people in authority, such as school teachers, you know, uh, adults, you know, I was certainly brought up adults know best. I mean, boy, do, do I challenge that statement now. Uh, equally as strongly as that cliched conditioning of big boys don't cry, you know, and all nice girls don't do things like, and all this stuff that we're, you know, we're guided with from an early age, because as we know, listeners, from those ages to three to seven, we are like sponges, as mm. you know, as children. We literally, those formative years, and that's where, you know, life's... Uh, life's path can be very very strongly created for us with that belief system mm. but I think you know I, I can only kind of talk about my own my own journey how that's unfolded or continues to unfold because that understanding and that knowing that we are energy um, you know it's a bit like a grain of sand basically being the catalyst for forming a pearl and as time goes on we wrap you know, the, the grain of sand wraps more layers round and more layers round and more layers round to form a beautiful pearl. Actually, the reciprocal applies to us as children because we're a beautiful pearl, but as time goes by, we become more grainy and gritty and conditioned by the outside world and influences and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think we're, you know, yet again, I can only speak about my own emerging journey that what we do then, we get to a, a stage where we start to actually unfold the grittiness and go back to source of that natural, that pure love, that pure energy that we, we naturally are. But mm. our mind and our conditions and our experiences <clears throat> and our beliefs and our thoughts and our feelings, everything, we start, it's a bit like peeling back an onion layer. We start to get to the heart of the onion again. And of course, listeners, as we know, when we go on that voyage of peeling back an onion, either physically or metaphorically, it can actually make us cry. Mm. It's a good metaphor. And it's an unlearning, isn't it? Because <clears throat> what we're really talking about here is that we're born with, with everything. With, we're born in, in our purest form, you know, the love that just is yeah. um, of our soul. And um, along the way, uh, you know, all sorts of life things happen and you learn things and you kind of you kind of can get a bit lost. Um, and so bringing it back, it's like a coming home to the self mm. uh, is, is the journey. And maybe that's the journey of life, coming home to yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, actually in the process, having the awareness to to play with it and, you know, that peeling back the onion layer. Well, maybe if I cry when I do that, maybe if I started wearing some metaphoric glasses to protect my eyes, what I see, maybe I don't really need to cry. Maybe I can actually laugh knowing that I should be crying. That should win. I should be crying because I'm peeing, but I'm not because I'm playing with this. Actually, and I've got glasses on them because I've got glasses on. They're protecting my eyes and enabling me to see things better and far mm. more clearly. Just mm. a thought. Just yes, a thought. yes. But I do like 
the you know you're saying about crying laughing I feel like oftentimes in life we try to avoid our feelings sometimes you know or like try and think oh you know try not to cry or try to and actually by feeling that feeling by feeling that emotion fully then we can release it yeah um Um, because part of that conditioning listeners we're not taught that it's you know we're taught that it's weak to show vulnerability well (laughs) the reality is you know part of our our dance of our energy we have you know we have emotions and we are vulnerable but we're taught, and particularly within the more masculine energy, you know, hence the assertion, big boys don't cry. You know, that for me, from my own experience, has been responsible for a lot of former mental health issues in my world in younger days. Yeah. That suppression of toxic energy. Mm. Mm. Because, you know, when you weigh it up as humans, there's nothing new. You know, we can't talk about sex. Why? Why can't we talk about sex? You know, these taboo subjects that we can't talk about. Why? Does that mean if if we sweep them under the carpet then, does that mean they don't exist? Mm. No, it doesn't. You know, and there's this whole kind of conditioning and expectation and things that we should say and we shouldn't say and all this kind of stuff. And I think there's a balance to it. We have to be careful with that because, you know, it pushes in as a corner And we become actually a prisoner to, you know, that expectation of what's the norm. Mm. Well, who decides what the norm is? Mm -hmm. You know, if 50 million people out of 60 million people say it's okay to walk around with a yellow hat on your head, then it's socially accepted. Mm. But if only one person says it, it's like, oh, look at that weirdo over there. He or Mm. she's got a yellow hat on. They're crazy. It's that yeah. perception and conditioning yet again, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like the more, you know, as you say, there's a balance to be had with it, but brushing stuff under the carpet or pretending like, you know, oh, we don't want to talk about that or we don't want to, that kind of creates shame because you're mm. hiding it. And, and and why, you know, why hide something that's just a part of life mm. um, or why brush something, you know, avoid it, pretend it's not there. It creates this kind of feeling that something's wrong. Um, yeah. And really, you know, right or wrong, is there right or wrong in life? I mean, of course there's, it's, it's, it's kind of how we perceive things. Um, that's quite a big question, really. Is that, I mean, of course, there's going to be so many different levels to that. Um, but it's just an interesting one to think about. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, uh, I think it was David, Dr. Dave, his name will come to me, but he did something. You, you brought in the word shame and guilt there. Mm hmm. Rebecca, it seems so strange calling you Rebecca. <laughs> um, mom appears mom. Call me mom at the top of this. So yeah, mom. Go um, mom. Was it David Hawkins? Doctor, excuse me. And he, anyway, he created this table um, of energy levels, power. And I think his book was called Power Versus Force. And at the right at the bottom of the so at the top of the scale, sorry, was a thousand vibrationally. A thousand was kind of the top of the scale. And that was around what he called enlightenment. Now, interestingly, on his scale, love sat right in the middle at 500. 
And right at the bottom, with a vibrational scale of around 20 and 30, was, was shame and guilt. So it's low-level vibrational stuff that, you know, as energy, we do vibrate. Mm. I mean, there's, you know, obviously not uh, um, sort of judging uh, Dr. David's work in any way. For me personally, I don't agree with that scale because I've, you know, I think we're already enlightened. We're, that's yes. who we are. But exactly. we might have gone to, we might have been having a nap at the moment, you know. So we're not, we might not fully be aware of, you know, everything. But like love itself, it's who we naturally are. And there's this whole reawakening to say, okay, now I understand who I am. Not what my body or the colour of my hair or my gender or all these labels dictate who I think I am. You know, big boys don't cry and all that conditioning, et cetera, et cetera. But there's something far, far, far deeper, the reality of who I truly am. Mm. And that's the voyage of discovery. And so to go back to Dr. David's scale, vibrational scale from his book, Power Versus Force, is for me, love is a, love is a 1000. It's actually the ultimate energy, the vibration, because it's who we are. Mm. And this is really, I suppose, in many respects, mom, what voyage and conversations and voyages of discovery all around, because we are continuing to peel back those those onions. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting one, that scale. Um, I also don't think I, I, I agree with that, um, but I don't know, I've you know, where he was coming from with it. But it, it, as you say, I fully feel that enlightenment kind of the whole idea of enlightenment is that, you know, there's a place for us to get to, whereas actually we are already light we are already light mm. um, and as you call it a reawakening is you know kind of what we experience what we ca- what some people experience in life mm. yeah so it's um yeah it's it's just really and i think it's you know hopefully light you know um i was going to say humorous humorous is not the right, right word but i mean does it matter you know at the end of the day does it matter what the word is I don't know. I guess it not. I guess not. Because words, as we spoke about earlier, was only 7%. So, <laughs> yeah, but they, you know, sort they, of, do. they do have power and they do have guidance, don't they? They do. And also, you know, humor. Um, it, I remember once hearing from someone um, on a podcast uh, about laughter being the highest vibration. Um, I mean, obviously, there's gonna all this. So many people have so many different opinions about this, and it's kind of like what what relates most to us. But so it's interesting you brought in the word humor because I do feel like that is such a like, you know, obviously, love is the foundation of humor in a sense. Um, mm. But 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 laughter is just it can lift us from you know. Laughter is such an important thing in life. Humour is such an important thing in life. And important mm. kind of feels like the wrong word to use because it's quite a serious word. Um, Significant, isn't it? It's, yeah. Yet again, it's part of who we naturally are. But, you know, I think, you know, I've, I've certainly been, uh, and I want to use a word now that I'm going to watch myself, how I react internally when I use this word. But, you know, I'm certainly guilty of, Ah, you're guilty, Paul. There's a self-judgment there. All of a sudden, by using that self you're guilty, Paul. You know, the subconscious is listening to that and reacting accordingly. So, yes, we have to, you know, we have to be really careful 
really careful about what words we say. But if we put that in context, listeners, of, but it's only 7%, but it's massively, massively important. So if that 7% important, just imagine how much the 55%, the physiology, the energy, how critically, even that word critically, there's a judgment that goes in a you know perception of that word. But, you know, you compare seven to 55, uh, it's eight times, eight times more powerful, eight times more powerful. The energetic, the physiology, motion creates emotion, makes us think, feel more vibrant. You know, mm. it, to me, it all makes sense without getting too bogged down on it being a real academic or scientific sort of hard and fast rule. But I think what we do is we start to peel back these uh, layers of the onion, we get a greater awareness. And over time, by having, you know, zany conversations, abstract conversations like this and talking about sex, drugs and rock and roll and, you know, whatever it may be, you know, some people like might call them unconventional, not normal conversations. Great. Play with it. Dance with it. Do something different. Mm, mm, yeah. Like singing, Mark. Singing is like a great sing. way. Of, yeah. And, you know, so have you got any thoughts on music in terms of raising vibration? <laughs> it's very interesting that you just said that, because I, I think I shared with you with this with you um, recently that I heard that the pyramids were built by singing and mm. vibration. And that there's something mystically magical about that that obviously that sounds ridiculous you know not ridiculous maybe it does maybe it doesn't to people listening but uh depends on you know how how you see the world uh um, yeah so yeah so could you ever imagine yourself mom singing a song i could imagine singing a song i do sing sometimes paul Ah, (laughs) paul oh very formal very formal listeners paul (laughs) You see, even that, even that listeners being called Paul because of the dynamic and the playful nature of, of the relationship that Rebecca and I share, it seems very strange to be called Paul um, because it's very rare. I actually get called Paul by Rebecca um, mm. and, we'll, and we'll leave that there. But <laughs> the whole kind of the form, you know, that's the mind's condition. Oh, that's a bit formal, Rebecca. And calling you Rebecca. You know, but this is what we do, isn't it? As humans, we kind of get involved in this expectation of, oh, okay, so we're on a podcast, so we better be, you know, we better be formal. And we haven't done that at all. But, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate here. But this is how our mind conditions us as humans, isn't it? This expectation of what we should be and what we shouldn't be, rather Mm. than this, you know, what Richard Gerber calls this childlike curiosity, this playfulness, this creativity. Mm. which childlike curiosity you know children have and the conversations that children have if you were to listen in on on children talking it's going to just be like wacky crazy you know all over the place they children are so you know enamored by rocket ships and and um you know uh, fantasy worlds and um I remember when I was younger I was obsessed with fairy lands. Fairy lands to me were just the most magical, wonderful thing. And and so, you know, as a child, it's like anything is possible and everything is possible. And because of that, it kind of is, if that makes yeah. sense. Because mm-hmm. and that's what we kind of, I think, you know, 
lose a bit as as adults and bringing that back into our adult life is where the magic really does start to happen I feel yeah definitely but there's that whole conditioning of you know yet again we've got to keep pulling peeling back the layers to get to the truth of of, of you know for me what you've said absolutely that is there that's who we are but we kind of lose that over a lifetime yeah. because life experiences, you know, we allow life to happen to us rather than through us. And so there's that kind of whole undoing of, okay, listen, life's out there. There's experiences, but those experiences don't define me. Mm. They help me grow. They help me to learn, learn about what And we're going into the WGC values, the five values of life, learning, loving legacy and loyalty. You know, and it's and I think there's some context here to to speak about. Um, you know that those five values. So are they just nice fancy words on a paper? But what do they actually mean? What do values mean in our lives, listeners? Why do we have them? Because there's a lot of oh, because it's the cool thing to do. You know, certainly within the corporate world, our mission, our vision, our values. Da 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 da. da you know, but what do they really actually mean? And so, you know, when you look at um, life, most precious, sacred gift of all, without life, what is that? And so we've got this gift. What are we going to do with this gift then? We're going to avoid your discovery around learning. Okay, great. Learning about what? Why do we want to learn? We want to learn about love because we forget that we are love. And, you know, just put yourself in, and I. this is not something I subscribe to personally, listeners, but I'll use it as an example, maybe as a stepping stone, um, or, or, no, sorry, stepping stone is the wrong word, phrase, but something to help to convey that how love is, you know. So imagine yourself in a new relationship. It's exciting, you you know, butterflies and all the kinds of Mills and Boone stuff that sometimes we read about, how that makes you feel initially when you're in that honeymoon period that new romance call it what you will great you feel like it's so light and so childlike and so you know life is beyond beautiful that's an example of love you know you bring a child into the world or you've got a new you know a new puppy or a new pet for christmas or whatever that pure love that connection all these things is there is no right there is no wrong but i'm just trying to convey this this energy called love and how it may manifest in many different ways for me personally the greatest greatest love of all that eclipses anything and everything is to get to that place to understand that we are pure love and then we've got something magical to give to those in our immediate world uh, on our terms rather than I'm dependent on this person for love or this situation for love and you know it's about having that so that whole discovery of that actually we are love we are love and peeling back those onion layers and then so we've got this gift of life we've gone on this verge of uh, learning around love then what we do we leave a legacy those lessons that we've learned we pass on to our children, our immediate, we pass on to the world. And that's essentially what World Game Changes is about. Sort of saying, look, okay, look, we've all got gas bills and we're all under pressure for this or that or the other, or, you know, tears are being shed because of relationship breaks or whatever it may be, you know, the practical earthly challenges, blah, blah, blah. I, absolutely. But that legacy of passing on the messages and, and dancing with people to give them that love, 
that real, real high level, ultimate pure love. And then the final one is the, you know, is the loyalty within that process to thine own self be true. Mm. Yeah. Very, I, I believe it's, well, believe doesn't, isn't the right word, but do you know what, listen, believe, or oh, you believe, Paul, do you? It's not a belief. It's, a, it's something way beyond that. It's a way of being that exudes from an energy of the heart that says, do you know what, I'm, I'm manifest, uh, I'm articulating this. You see how I put the wrong word out there, but it doesn't matter. Now, as a podcast host, you know, people say, Paul, you should, you should be a little bit more careful with your words. Why should I? Why should we? Because we're in a dance and we're going to stumble with the perceived right word, wrong word, whatever. It doesn't matter. The main thing is we're dancing and we're swapping energy called love. That's the real dance that takes place. Not the superficial when people say, I love you. I love you. OK, 7%. Prove it. Prove it. And that doesn't need words. That needs energy just to dance with somebody, to be there for them in that sacred space. And that knowing, and you don't, you know, previously, Mom, we did a, a podcast with, with Sally Hooper, um, Silence is Golden. And that was just about communication without saying words. Now, that how that landed with individual listeners, that's another story. It was a mirror in some respects to say, what you th- what, what, when you're listening to this, how does it land in you? What are you seeing? What are you feeling? And, of course, many people are totally uncomfortable Morning. I was wondering, who is the time for you? Are you working? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it lands with different people in different ways, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. But I love the, you know, those values, the L's, um, mm. particularly that we are love. Uh, it brings into question for me, you know, if we are love, do we need love? Because so many people look for love externally. And I think that, again, that's another one where there's a there's a balance to that because, you know, we do need other people in our lives mm. to a degree. Yeah, um, I think to a large degree. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, to answer your question in very simple terms, yes, we, we do need people and we do need love because it's that exchange. Because otherwise we just sit on an, a desert island alone. And, and what's the point of that? That's not our role. Our role is messengers of love to keep spreading the word, to keep spreading that love. Mm. Um, and I hope this doesn't come across listeners as like being some kind of born again 60s hippie. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with that, because that's a label that's been attributed, you know, from time to time. It's not, well, it's all very fluffy and idealistic. But I put that against the backdrop of, well, I've spent many years on the streets in, in violence and addiction and darkness and desperation, you know. So make a choice. Mm. Make a choice about which how we do really want to spend the biggest part of our energy. Mm. If someone had said to you back in those days, in those dark days, you know, that you are love, how would that landed with you then? People did. Mm. And there was actually in the midst of all the chaos and all the darkness and all the desperation, et cetera, et cetera, um, there was a kind of knowing what they were saying, but it was so strangled by the fear and the darkness. And I suppose by, by the extra layers of fear. And I mm-hmm. think that's the journey of learning I've been on over the years to keep peeling back those layers to get to the heart of the matter, the heart of the onion, the truth. Yeah. Wow. 
yeah so uh, yeah interesting one mom interesting one interesting indeed yeah indeed. lots to lots to chew on there isn't there lots to chew on indeed so hopefully listeners you've you found that to be curious you found it to be playful you've found it to be i don't know it's not for me to offer labels and suggestions you mm. it will land with you as an individual um, where it will land mm. and that story is true for all of us isn't it yeah yeah and and that brings in just you know you said to thine own self be true mm. being true to yourself in life and just expressing that and then that is what will you know radiate outwards and that's what will in a way that's what will help people the most without actually you're not actually trying to help people you're just being who you are and you know that actually does paradoxically help the most in in many ways and you will attract people accordingly without you know having to sort of contrive or what have you because that's who you are and like you know like attracts like Mm. naturally um yeah so an interesting one let's close it off there mom if we may and if i can invite you in to share one or two to one to do two do <laughs> one or two details even one or two details about you know we've got a youtube channel um world game changes a website you know contact details for how people can find out about more about world game changes yes so we have a website worldgamechangers.org actually i've just uh, we've just uh, added some uh, gallery uh, photos to the website so we're really cool um if you want to check those out we've recently had a summit in london and uh, so we've got some photos on the website that are kind of fresh, hot off the press, if you like. Um, so go to the website. You've, we've also got a YouTube channel. So uh, if you if you did like this podcast, so you want to subscribe, um, please hit the subscribe button on YouTube. So that would mean a lot to us. We'd really appreciate that. And give us a like, give us a comment, share your share your thoughts. And uh, we've also got an Instagram, um, so that's World Game Changers. So check us out on Instagram, give us a follow on there. Um, And a Facebook group as well. So if you want to join the Facebook group, then um, it's all through the website. So the website's really your first port of call. Um, You can find everything on the website. So I invite you to check it out. Super. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much. I almost want to give the Royal. In fact, I will give the Royal. (laughs) And on that note, listeners, all that remains now is to say, hope you've enjoyed that and close things out by uh, saying what I always do. And it's this. Remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world's changing. How will you respond?